We'll invite you to take your Bibles and let's turn to Judges, chapter number 15. Book of Judges, chapter number 15. We know and can easily see that this world that we live in is evil. And it's getting increasingly more evil with each passing day. And it brings to mind the, the days of Noah and how the Lord Jesus told his disciples that it would be like Noah's day leading up to the time of his return to earth. He mentioned that in Matthew 24 and verse 37. I'll read you a little verse out of Noah's day in Genesis 6-5. God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. When we see some new technology hit the market, we usually see those who are evil rapidly trying to exploit it and use it to expand their already evil ways. We saw that with the internet. Uh, it had a lot to do with the proliferation of pornography and human trafficking. It just put it up to another level. We're also beginning to see how the, the new thing that's on the out there right now, the artificial intelligence, you probably have seen uh, and heard about artificial intelligence. Uh, since it's come out, uh, it's very easy to see how it might be used for evil purposes as well. And as believers, we must guard against becoming complacent uh, to the evil that is around us. It's so easy to do because there's so much of it right now. You know, you, you, you're, we're bombarded with evil all over the place and uh, you about can't get away from it anymore. Galatians 1 verse 4 says that that Christ gave himself for our sins, that he might deliver us from this present evil world according to the will of God and our Father. So we have to lean upon Christ to uh, keep ourselves from evil, amen. And it's okay for us to get tired in the fight against evil, but let's not get tired of the fight in such a way that we stop fighting evil and succumb to the world's ways. And... And this next segment that we're looking at in Samson's life, I want us to see the importance of having a right view of evil. We know Samson had been chosen by God to be a judge of Israel, but sadly we've seen him pursuing some of his own selfish desires, and God chose to use Samson in spite of his faults and failures and that we see in him. And that should be encouraging to us, because if God can use someone like Samson, uh, he can use somebody like us. And when we last saw Samson, he had been carrying out a one-man revenge campaign against the Philistines. Well, what happens when you get revenge? Well, the other person gets revenge on you. Then you go back against them. That's what we're seeing back and forth here. When we last saw Samson, he was uh, in verse Verses uh, John, John, Judges 15, verse 4 through 6, he was upset about not getting his wife, and he uh, caught 300 foxes, took firebrands, turned them tail to tail, put firebrand in, in between the tails, and when he set them on fire, let them go, uh, they burned up the corn, burned up uh, the shocks and the standing corn with the vineyards and the olives. He wreaked havoc with the Philistines. Well, when the Philistines found out uh, what he had done, uh, uh, they, they were ready to uh, come against him. And uh, what they did is they took 
uh, his wife and his wife's family and burned uh, he burned her and burned her father with fire. And it says there in verse number 7, uh, Judges 15, 7, Samson said unto them, Though you have done this, yet will I be avenged of you, and after that I will cease. And he smote them, it says, hip and thigh, uh, with a great slaughter. That's a proverbial expression for a merciless slaughter. He didn't have any mercy on them. And he went down and dwelt in the top of rock, the rock Etam. Uh, there are some caves up in that area. Then uh, we're going to pick up in verse number 9 where we want to be at tonight. Next we see the Philistine army came up and encamped in one of the cities of Israel preparing for war against Judah uh, because they, they were wanting to get Samson. Look at verse 9. Then the Philistines went up, pitched in Judah, spread themselves in, in Lehi, and, and the men of Judah said, Why are ye come up against us? And they answered, To bind Samson are we come up, and to do to him <clears throat> as he had done to us. You see the back and forth? You know, you know, uh, getting vengeance it just never ends until somebody puts an end to it, right? Verse number 11, Then, then 3,000 men of Judah went to the top of the rock Etam and said to Samson, Knowest thou not that the Philistines are rulers over us? What is this that thou hast done unto us? And he said unto them, As they did unto me, so have I done unto them. And they said unto him, We are come down to bind thee, that we may deliver thee into the hand of the Philistines. And Samson said unto them, Swear unto me, that ye will not fall upon me yourselves. And they spake unto him, saying, No, but we will bind thee fast, and deliver thee into their hand, but surely we will not kill thee. And they bound him with two new cords, and brought him up from the rock. And when he came unto Lehi, and the, the Philistines shouted against him, and the Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon him. And the cords that were upon his arms became as flax that was burnt with fire. And his bands loosed from off his hands. And he found a new jawbone of an ass and put forth his hand and took it and slew a thousand men therewith. And Samson said, with the jawbone of an ass, heaps upon heaps, with the jaw of an ass have I slain a thousand men. And it came to pass when he had made an end of speaking that he cast away the jawbone out of his hand and called the place Ramath-Lehi, which means uh, lifting up the jawbone or casting away of the jawbone. So, um, and it's kind of, kind of interesting. He used a jawbone and the, the word Lehi, um, when, when they spread themselves in Lehi, Lehi is, that means jawbone. Just, you know, when I was studying this, I was kind of like, that's just interesting. Uh, he took them there in Jawbone and slayed them with a jawbone of an ass. All right, so uh, there are two groups of people here. The bad guys are the Philistines, and the good guys are supposed to be Samson and the men of Judah. Now, the problem is that some of these good guys, I'm talking about the men of Judah, uh, didn't want to be involved in a skirmish with the Philistines. 
and were content to just turn Samson over to the Philistines to avoid a conflict. We don't want no conflict. We don't want no trouble. Uh, we're going to turn you over to the Philistines. And I want us to see three thoughts from our passage tonight on having a right view of evil. Now, understand that God is the one who declared war on evil here. Uh, this was of the Lord. We know that from what we saw in the beginning, Judges 14, verse number 4, that uh, the, all of this stuff, God was going to use it against the Philistines. And listen, you know, none of us like war. Do we? I don't, I don't know anybody that likes war. When I was a kid growing up, we used to play like we were in war. But playing war and being in war are two different things. There are those in our nation that are anti-war at all costs. I remember some being around during my high school days of the Vietnam War. I graduated from high school and was in Brunswick Junior College when that war came to an end. And I remember some being around during the, the Gulf War in Iraq. There were a lot of anti-war people there. And then there were some when we got into the war against the Taliban in Afghanistan. And there's some right now who are afraid we're going to be drawn into the Ukraine-Russia war before it's over with. And we may very well be, but you know, only God knows that, uh, whether we will or not. But I want you to understand that I don't like war. And it would be wonderful if none of our soldiers ever had to be sent into harm's way anywhere in the world ever again. But that's not realistic, is it? Just not realistic. And the reason it's not realistic is because we live in an evil world. And if we just sit back and do nothing, eventually our nation will be overrun by evil. Plain and simple. Understand that the Lord called on His people to fight wars in order to fight against evil. It's all through the Old Testament. Wars in the natural world that we live in are simply a reflection of the spiritual war and the evil behind it. Okay? There's actually a spiritual war behind all of it. Ephesians 6 verse 12, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Now listen, it was God who first declared war on evil. He was the very first one to declare war on evil. Uh, but the actions of the evil one is what started the conflict. When Satan tempted man in the Garden of Eden and got mankind to fall, God didn't look at Satan and say, well, let's call a truce. He didn't look at him and say, well, let's find a way to peacefully coexist. He didn't, didn't say, can't we just get along? And that's not what God did. Now, God looked at Satan and said, this is war. In Genesis 3.15, he says, I will put enmity. That word enmity means hostility. Between thee and the woman, between thy seed and her seed, it shall bruise thy head and thou shalt bruise his heel. And God was so serious about this that he promised that coming seed to finish the war. And though Satan fought against God and tried to prevent that seed or, uh, or to corrupt that seed, that seed did come in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. And, you know, we're still in a war today. We're in a spiritual war. And that's why Paul told Timothy in 1 Timothy 1.18, this charge I commit these Son, Timothy, according to the prophecies which went before on thee, that thou by them mightest war a good warfare. Listen, the first step toward a proper view of evil is to realize that we are in a war. 
Okay? We've got to realize when a war. And if we, we must realize that it was God who declared this war against evil, and we are in the war against evil because we belong to God and are indwelt by Him, and it's what He has called us to do. But listen, someone who is in a war and tries to pretend like there's not a war going on, they're going to get hurt. They're going to get hurt. God declared the war on evil. Second thing I want you to, us to see here is God wants his people to win this war on evil. Now, when we look there in verse number 10, consider the men of Judah's surprise here. Uh, let's read verse 10 again. It says, And the men of Judah said, Why are you come up against us? That's their words against uh, to, to the to Philistines. They answered, to bind Samson are we come up to do him as he hath done to us. Now listen, these men's ancestors were the Lord's people who were told to drive evil out of the land. <laughs> they were told to drive out the people out of the land, the Canaanites and all the other ites that were in the land. They were to drive them out. And the Lord even explained why it was necessary for them to do so. And if you want to read about that, I'm going to take time to turn there uh, for time's sake. But Deuteronomy 7, verses 1 and following, uh, they were told why they needed to do that. Now, they originally set out to do what the Lord said, but we know that they fell short. <clears throat> fell short of what he told them to do. And it wasn't uh, but just a few generations later that the men of Judah here that we see were no longer faithful men. I mean, they're dropping the ball big time here. Uh, they were no, no longer willing to obey the Lord's word. They were no longer uncomfortable around evil. They, uh, they saw no danger of associating with evil. They were complacent and apathetic and no longer willing to engage in the war that the Lord had declared. Now, listen, the, the Lord wants his people to win the war on evil, rather than seeking to coexist with the enemy. Uh, at least a thousand Philistines came and encamped near the city of Lehi, and I told you that means jawbone. And how did the men of Judah respond? They asked the men, what you, what you guys doing here? Yeah. I mean, they come, they come, they're armed for war, Ready to come against them? What you guys doing here? And my my my, my response is what? <laughs> and they had become comfortable with the enemy. The idea of going to battle against them never entered their minds. They were living defeated lives. So notice what they told uh, in verse number eleven. So then 3,000 men of Judah went to the top of the rock, Edom, and said to Samson, Knowest thou not that the Philistines are rulers over us? That's defeat, isn't it? That's defeat. They were living in defeat. And what is this that thou hast done unto us? Well, he didn't do anything to them. He did it to, he did it to the Philistines. And he said unto them, As they did unto me, so have I done unto them. And so... Uh, you know, we see that they had become comfortable with the enemy and uh, they were living defeated lives here. What, what about us? Are we ready to do battle against evil and what it wants to do in our lives or have we just become so complacent that we would rather just get along? You know, I mean, we're being bombarded from, seems like, all, their, all, all kinds of sides right now. And it's like... Uh, 
I mean, I'm just tired of this stuff. Let's just let's just let's just be peaceful. But and uh, listen, does it seem too radical for us to take a stand against the evil around us, and so we just give up the fight? I'm not talking about marching around town square or Washington carrying signs. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about living a life that stands, takes a stand, and proclaims Christ and His truth to this evil world, even when we know the world will come against us. We, we still stand. And take stand and stand. Having done all, stand. That's how Paul put it to the Ephesians. You put on the whole armor of God, and, and having done all, you stand. Or is it the case that we become so much like the enemy around us that the light of our lives is barely visible under the bushel that we're hiding under? Hiding under a bushel? We, <laughs> we, we were singing that with our littlest one on, the, uh, on Skype this, just this week, teaching her this little light of mine. But there's biblical truth there. So, I mean, oftentimes our light is under a bushel uh, of different things. Listen, we cannot win the war against evil if we're unprepared for battle. And that's why Ephesians 6.11 says, Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Now, consider their response to the enemy here in verse 11 that we just read. Once they found out what the enemy was up to, they chose to help the enemy out. Now, that's unreal, isn't it? <laughs> they had 3,000 men they had Samson, they had the Lord, and they could have easily driven the Philistines out of town. But instead, they took their men and set out to capture Samson so they could hand him over to the enemy. Their justification was, Knowest thou not what the that the Philistines are rulers over us? Those are words of defeat. Here were the people of the almighty sovereign God of the universe who had given up on even trying to fight for a victory. What about us? Are we different than the men of Judah? Have, have we said to ourselves, what's the use? No one wants to hear the gospel anymore. No one wants to hear the truth. Or we might say it's just too hard to live an upright life in such a wicked world like this. Or we might say, I know my priorities are not what they should be, but you know, we've Billy Goat religion. That's what I call that. That kind of thinking, that kind of living helps the enemy. So God declared war on evil. God wants his people to win this war on evil. And the third thing here is God is ready to give us victory. Now the end of this story is absolutely amazing because even though God's people didn't deserve it and even though his servant was far from perfect, we're talking about Samson, it was far from perfect, the Spirit of the Lord came upon Samson. And he broke those ropes just like they were thread. You know, just they were nothing. Then he found that fresh jawbone of a donkey, one that still that hadn't become brittle yet and probably still had the teeth in it, I imagine. But he used it as a weapon to win a great victory. Now, there's a message for us today here. Aren't you glad that God's willing to use imperfect people? Because we are them. Amen. Aren't you glad that God doesn't give up on us? as fast as we sometimes give up on others? And aren't you glad that God overrules in the lives of men? Even though the children of, of Israel were living in sin at this point in their history, God still had a plan and purpose for them. 
He had made promises to them that he was not about to break. Judah was the tribe of people through whom the Messiah was going to come. They were the ones that were involved in this. You know, get kind of giving up. Think of what God could have done if the men of Judah had just been obedient to him. Think of what God could do through us if we will simply be obedient to him. So how can we have a right view of evil? Realize that God has declared war on evil? Realize that God wants us to win the war against evil? And realize that God is ready to give us the victory? How does he give it to us? 1 Corinthians fifteen fifty seven. But thanks be to God which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Verse John 5, verse 4. This is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Our hope for victory, in fact, our only hope for victory is in the Lord. Amen. Well, that's our Bible study for this evening. Uh, when we get back, we'll be uh, taking a look at the matter of temptation. At the end of this chapter and the beginning of the next chapter, we'll take a look uh, at another story there in Samson's life. Let's pull out our prayer list. We'll pray for the needs on the prayer list, and we'll be dismissed with this prayer.